On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchando. Welcome to Second Shot and the Second Shot podcast, which as you guys know, gets featured on CW33 on Thursday mornings from 10 to 11 a.m. I think we've only had a repeat guest once ever. Actually, this may be the first time we've ever had a repeat guest. His name is Bob Berg, and I know so many of you are familiar with him. He really needs no introduction, but for those of you who aren't, for those of you who have been under all the rocks, let me tell you a little bit about Bob. He's, if you know about The Go-Giver, you know about Bob Berg, you know about his co-author, John David Mann. So this series has sold millions of copies millions of copies so there's the go-giver and then there's the go-giver influencer and it's, it's a whole series they coach they train the idea behind all of this is that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve so think about that with me you guys for a second the amount of money one makes is direct directly proportional to how many people they serve and, and, and i guess the question as you're kind of going through this conversation as, as you're listening to the interview with bob is how does that sit with you? What does that feel like to serve? And then I guess on the end, you get rewarded for it. And now we welcome in Bob Berg, the co-author of The Go-Giver and The Go-Giver Influencer. Hey, Bob, good to see you. Jenny, it is always great to see you. Oh my gosh, how is Florida? Well, you know, it's it's sunny and warm, <laughs> and I, I like it like that. Oh my gosh! So pre-pandemic, you were still traveling all over the country doing your thing, and now you're vir are you perpetually virtual now? Well, yeah, I had over the last few years, I'd been doing less and less sure. uh, out-of-state engagements. So you know, because I, I never really enjoyed the traveling part of the business. I always <laughs> loved the business, loved speaking all over and all that, but the traveling wasn't really my my cup of tea and so I'd been doing less and less over the last few years and then um, you know once the pandemic started of course all the the engagements got wiped out uh, but I, I sort of said you know I'm 63 years old I don't really like traveling I'm never gonna do it again so I'm still doing my keynote talks but they're they're all virtual and I I enjoy that so much how fabulous Although it was much to our dismay because we said, hey, Bob, let us know next time you're in Dallas because we always try to get right, together right. when you're in town. And he's like, I will never be in Dallas again. No, unless it's for pleasure, right? Unless it's just for fun. Yeah, I mean, I love Dallas and I, yeah. I and I love my friends in Dallas, but and I, I think I probably spoke there over the last thirty years more than another in any other yeah. city. Uh, but yeah, the traveling part. But yeah, you know, I mean, I I, I miss you and the gang because uh, I, I love your family, as you oh. know. I think you guys are awesome, and and so yeah, that's a that's a that's the downside of my not traveling. I don't get to see you guys. Wait till you see Brighton. She's become quite the oh. saleswoman with regard to to letting you know what what she's gonna do for you. She's she does her thing of, um, oh, mommy, we're gonna watch a movie after I clean up my room and brush my teeth and oh. um, get everything tidied up from dinner. So she's four. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she, she gets the idea. She gets the principle. She has strong influence on me. 
She gives me what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then I give her that, what she, she wants. She gets what she wants. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, if a lot of people are familiar with your books, and we are going to get into that topic of influence, which is really what I wanted to talk to you about today. But I also wanted to talk about your career. I have so many questions that even just over dinner, I'm like, I've never asked him about this. Okay, so let's go back. Endless referrals, was was that the first thing that kind of blew up for you and really took off for career-wise or, or, you know, as an author? Yeah, well, that was it. And, and in fact, the the reason I even wrote that one, I was at a a uh, I'd been I'd been speaking for a few years, and my my speaking career was just starting to to take off. And sure. and I was at a National Speakers Association convention. It was, and this is probably about thirty years ago. It was at the old. Uh, I think it was the Lowe's Anatole, right back 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 then. It's not it's not that anymore. Oh. Uh, but uh, and I was I was speaking with a couple of people. One of them was from Dallas, great friend of mine, Randy Pennington, who speaks on leadership, great guy, and and a few others. And they said, you know, Berg, you're at the point now where you've got to write a book, and that's going to help you position yourself better, sell yourself e- easier, mm-hmm. get higher fees, make more of an impact. And I, I knew these guys knew what they were talking about. And uh, that's why I wrote Endless Referrals. It was really just utilitarian, right? It was, it was. I knew I needed to write a book, so, okay. uh, so I wrote on the topic that I spoke about. In that, you know, it, what was a big help to me. Their advice was great. I think after that book, every book I've written since that time has been because I felt I had a message I wanted to share. But I, I really wasn't looking to write a book when I first wrote Endless Referrals. But it did well. Yeah, th- thankfully it did, and it helped position me in the corporate market and with a lot of sales teams and so forth, so yeah. What did you do prior to speaking, or were you like an out-of-the-womb, influential and motivational you know, type person who knew about no. business? No, I actually started out as a broadcaster, first on, on radio, yeah, and then on television, I, I was a... Um, the late night news guy for a um, very, very small network affiliate in the Midwest. And the challenge was I, I really wasn't very good. Um, you know, I don't know if you remember in the, the, the original Ghostbusters movie where Bill Murray was talking to uh, Sigourney Weaver's character yes. and she said something like, you remind me of a game show host. Uh, <laughs> That's what, instead of a professor, instead of a doctor, that's what I should have been. I'd have made a pretty good game show host, but I was not a journalist. And so it wasn't long before I found myself not in broadcasting. And I, I like to say I graduated into sales. And that's really where it all started. And what types of sales did you get into? Like, what does one, what does one sell after broadcasting? Well, I actually started in, in uh, radio and television advertising. So, so I, I, I kind of stayed in that field, only in the advertising part. And... Um, and then I, I was selling solar energy hot water systems to homeowners. Again, this is a long time ago, and and sold a few things, and that's where I kind of really got, got, you know, that became a, a very strong point of mine. But I, I got to tell you, my, one of my early influencers in sales uh, was from Dallas, actually Carrollton, uh, Texas, is where he he lived, and that's the the very famous Zig Ziglar. Of course. And and uh, who you know is just a hero of mine, and just you know his his son Tom and and uh, uh, daughters uh, Carol and well the whole thing. I don't want to even start naming right, names because start I have to say it, but I don't want to leave anybody out. out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the the Ziegler kids, the next generation, are carrying on his legacy in such a beautiful way. But but Zig, Mr. Ziegler and Mrs. Ziegler were just such wonderful people and wonderful representatives of of, of Dallas 
And uh, of course, Zig's most famous saying, often misquoted, but but the the saying is, "You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want." And what a message that was, and that's really how he lived his life and conducted business. Yeah, it's it's so true, and I, and I bring up that background because I remember it and I know it, and I, and I wonder if that's why so many people in our business have have kind of. I'm sure you you heard our managing editor was like, "Oh my gosh, I've so enjoyed your book." We had a general manager here at this station that's that's moved on since, but but was a big fan too. You know, people who work in that sales realm have really connected to it. But I, you know, when I think about what you've put out into the world, it relates so. Much much to just relationships in general and um, and family and operating a familial system and operating friends and things like that. And the, the topic we we're going to talk on today is, is influence. And I guess I start to think about influence and sometimes it can have, it can have a connotation of manipulation or it can have a connotation of persuasion. So right. what's, what's the difference between the two? Um, because, you know, look, nobody wants to be a manipulator, but we right, also sure. would like to get what we like. Yeah. And no one wants to be manipulated. Right. True. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so yeah. And so, so both manipulation, which is negative and persuasion, which is positive, are both forms of influence. So influence by definition, just a very, very basic on a basic level, influence is simply the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, usually within the um, the construct or the context of a specific goal. That is that is influence. Now, the the interesting thing, when done correctly and when done through persuasion as opposed to manipulation, influence is never about push. It's not about pushing your will on others, pushing your ideas on others, pushing, uh, uh, pushing yourself, being pushy, right? Right. Uh, in fact, persuasion, the persuasion form of influence is just the opposite. It's about pull. I mean, think about this. You never hear people say, wow, that David or that Joanne, she is so influential. She has a lot of push with people. <laughs> no, she's influential. She has a lot of pull with people. That's what influence, that's what persuasion is. It's pull, it's an attraction. Great influencers attract people, first to themselves and only then to their idea. Now, how do they do this? Well, yeah, they do us. this by placing the interests of the other person first, just as you were talking about Little Brighton mm -hmm. doing that with you. She was placing your interests first, right? And and only then asking you to agree, right? So, <laughs> exactly. so the great influencer asked themselves questions such as, uh, such, you know, how does what I am asking this other person to do, how does it align with their goals, with their wants, mm. with their needs, with their desires? How does what I want or what I'm asking this other person to do, how does it align with their values. What problems am I helping them to solve or overcome? How am I helping bring them closer to happiness? And when asking ourselves these questions, Jenny, uh, thoughtfully, intelligently, genuinely, authentically, not as a way to manipulate another human being into doing our will, but as a way of building everyone in the process, now we've come a lot closer to earning that person's agreement and commitment to our idea. 
So, yeah, you, I, I heard kind of like a two-component thing. First of them is, I, I don't want to simplify by saying getting people to like you, but um, getting people to feel comfortable with you, then going forward with the idea. How, how <laughs> if someone's feeling like, look, I've kind of, I've kind of gotten by by being pushy and it's not working for me anymore. <laughs> you know, how do they transition to be that person who is a attracting others or attracting the right person? I think you bring up a great point in that they're first acknowledging yeah. to themselves that it's not really working for them. Or even if it's worked up to a certain point, it's not something they feel good about or or that they believe they could be even more successful if they were to do things a different way. And here's what it really comes down to. And Dale Carnegie said this in his classic How to Win Friends and Influence People, yeah. and I thought this was brilliant. He wrote, ultimately, people do things for their reasons, not our reasons, right? And so if we understand that very basic but important element of human nature, we know that it actually behooves us to take our focus off of ourself and place it on the other person. And you know, I used to say when I spoke at sales conferences, I used to, uh, you know, the first thing I'd say is, nobody's gonna buy from you because you have a quota to me. Right. Right, they're not gonna buy from you because you need the money and they're not gonna buy from you even just because you're a nice person. They're gonna buy from you because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so, which is which is fine, that's how they should. Now, you know, when you brought up about liking, well, you know, we often say that all things being equal, people will do business with, refer business to, and allow themselves willingly to be influenced by those people they know, like, and trust. So the relationship, Jenny, is very, very important. That's why I think it was Aristotle who said character can be considered one of the best forms of persuasion. Bob, how long have these principles rang true for you? Like how, how many years, how many decades? Well, so I, you know, I was very lucky to grow up with parents who embodied these principles. And and my dad was to me the the best when I when it when it came to to people skills, I mean really just great people skills. My and he was so natural because, uh, you know, with me I had to learn it, and with most of us we have to learn it. But he just had a natural I think love of human beings and, a, and an interest in in others. And you know I always say and 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 my dad never told me this, but. I, I, he inspired me to believe that the single greatest people skill is a highly developed and authentic interest in the other mm. person. And I always saw him just, again, genuinely and authentically, he was interested in that other person. It didn't matter who they were, what their position was, it didn't matter. And here's a guy who was just so loved Right, you know, by people when he was so, so, you know, to me, I always saw it. I don't know if it really, uh, if I thought of it as a way to conduct business and live life until maybe I got into my mid 20s. Yeah, but I mean, uh, still, like, that's four, four decades was, yeah. of consistency. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, Bob, I was just listening to a speaker about they were talking about social media marketing, influencer marketing, as it's called. And they were right. talking about that exact factor that instead of you're, you know, like I'm, if I'm marketing this cup, like buy the cup, buy the cup, buy the cup. Well, Jenny, they have to, you know, enjoy <laughs> you beforehand. So that you're talking about that no That's like and trust factor and then moving forward with then the connection. But but also something you just said, um, I, I didn't want to lose it. It was about um, 
oh, I knew it, I was gonna lose it. I started talking about the cup and then I lost it. But you were talking about getting to getting to know somebody, right? Like having a genuine interest in somebody. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. I suspect you couldn't do business with somebody or find out what would suit them or how to serve them if you did not know them first. Yeah, well, and that's why the more you really get to know that person, the, the more of a relationship that's built in advance is always the better. But if you're in a situation, because there, you know, there's times we have to be able to influence or persuade someone, it might be that person at the customer service desk who you know, doesn't have to do a certain thing, doesn't have to help you, but you'd like them to, right? Or okay. trying to, uh, you know, there's there's many times when, when we just, uh, we're not gonna have a chance to build that relationship first. And so when that's the the case, what we need to be able to do is is focus on that other person, how we can bring benefit to them and ask questions. Uh -huh. And to the degree that we can ask questions that really help that person both feel good about themselves and be able to help us to understand them, that's the degree that our, that, that relationship's gonna very quickly uh, build and, and yes. your chances of influence is much greater. Heath and I were just having a conversation about the, the idea of posting your views on Facebook, like a really strong, you know, p political or, you know, I believe this, this, and this, you know, and, and everybody else should too. And I have said, you know, I've got this, <laughs> this conversation with Bob coming up on influence and I can't imagine that anybody posting that on Facebook and being argumentative has ever gotten another person over to their side. It makes me right. think like, like I, I can't think of a time that I've seen somebody, you know, sort of angrily re reply to something and say, this is the way that it is and, and have my heart soften to that right. idea. Right. How, how, why are people still doing this? Why are we trying to get across our point by arguing? Uh, it, you know, something, it's so counterproductive, Jenny. It, it, it really is. And, and yeah, I agree with you. You know, you, you, you see someone on, you know, Twitter, Facebook, what have you, and they're just insulted and they're called a monster or they're, they're people like you shouldn't even, and you know, does the person ever respond by saying, wow, thank you. I had never <laughs> thought of it that way before. Exactly. You know, now that you say it, I, I'm about to uh, give up all my already held beliefs and I'm, I, I now agree with you. No absolutely never going to happen. The best thing we can we can really do uh, when there is that kind of uh, frame being set is reset the frame. Okay. So let's say a person says something like that and they have a, a statement that they make that you might consider off the wall in terms of you know what it, but you might you might respond back to that person, you know, thank you for sharing your point. It's obvious to me that you truly care about so so blah 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 blah. Now what you want to say, and here are the key words. Okay. Like you, I want to live in a country where people are boom, and now you go through the the, the benefits of what it is, where people are able to X, Y, and Z. I think our biggest difference would simply be in the way we would suggest getting there. Oh, and what yes. you've done is you've reframed it from two adversaries to one of allies who both basically want the same thing, which by the way, most people do. Because I'll just say, you know, whether a person's on the left or the right, unless they're way out of, you know, but I'm saying sure. most people, 
We all want to live in a country where people are free to pursue their happiness as they see fit, providing they don't infringe upon the rights of anyone else to do the same, where people are able to be happy and people are able to be healthy and people are able to be, you know, sure. But there's two, obviously, you know, when you look at the two sides of the aisle, there's two totally different ways of of getting there. Um, And one more thing, even if this person doesn't respond in a way that is is productive to the way that you've reframed it there's a lot of other people who are watching the conversation they're observing mm. and they're looking to see not only who makes the the best points but who communicates in a way that is more welcoming okay a, a way that is, is is more productive a way that is kinder more tactful and they're much more likely to go to that person's side that's a beautiful way of putting it. Is that is that part of the eight key words that always move a person to your side? Oh well, that's in a. <laughs> or is that something different? That, yeah, it, it's different, but it, you know they're all basic principles that 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 work. And this is when you 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 are dealing with that customer service person, let's say, who doesn't have to do a certain thing, or that bureaucrat at city hall who's being difficult, or that whatever it happens to be, and. And so long as you've you framed it correctly by being you know polite, kind, patient, and so forth, it's the eight key words are, if you can't do it, I'll definitely understand. Okay, so the eight key words, if you can't do it, I'll definitely understand. And what you've done in this case is you've let that person know that while sure you would appreciate if they can that that they are more important than the situation itself you've you've empowered that person to understand that the decision is ultimately theirs and you've given them what i call an out or a back door if you can't do it i'll definitely understand now you can follow that up with if you could i'd certainly appreciate it okay okay and if you can't the, yeah if you yeah. can't, if I'll you definitely can't, understand. Yeah, if you can't do it, I'll definitely understand. If you, could, you could, I'd certainly appreciate it. Bob, and again, where were you when we were building our house and dealing with the city? I mean, you were right here. <laughs> you know, I needed those eight words. That's just so good. That's so good. Go ahead. I interrupted you. No, no, that was pretty much. And then, you know, if the coup de gras, by the way, if, if after that is to say to the person, hey, you know, don't get yourself in any hot water or any trouble. So, again, what you're doing really is giving this person autonomy. You know, you're letting them know that ultimately it's up to them to do the right thing. And, you know, you're not threatening to them. You're not right. And you're the type of person who they want to come through for. And that's the key. They want to come through for you where they they probably wouldn't with many others. Oh, I really, really enjoy that. It's so it's so kind and it feels very authentic even when i said it out loud it felt very authentic like okay this yeah. is something i would say but i had never strung those mm-hmm. words together just like that now you, you say that there's one motivating factor that's shared by every single person on earth and the reason i need to know this is because based on the principle of you know get to know what somebody wants so that you can serve them what <laughs> what's the one motivating factor okay the the one motivating factor is that everybody ultimately seeks happiness, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, happiness in this case defined as the mental feeling of well-being. Okay, this is just very natural. It's what people seek now, but you know, we, the, the, the key though, and, and, and here's the important part, happiness is relative, okay? We all understand happiness. See, everyone seeks happiness, but individually we all understand happiness differently. 
So what would make what would bring one person happiness would make another person absolutely miserable or might have no effect whatsoever. And one of the things that that salespeople often do that messes them up is they because they see the world from their own point of view, they may try and sell a product or service based on what they find to be of value about it, what would make them happy, uh, as opposed to discovering what the other person needs, wants, or desires. And so it's the same when working with anybody else. What we need to discover, it's like, well, again, go, going back to Little Brighton, she knew what would make you happy, right? Her brushing her teeth, right? Yep. And it, that's what would make you happy. And so what would make her happy is probably having uh, M&Ms or you know, whatever. Yeah, but exactly. That, yeah, so but so she had to look at what how you understood happiness as opposed to how she did. And that's the thing. now. So, you know, happiness, the mental feeling of well-being, it's what we all strive for, often unconsciously. And even when we see people do things that ultimately make them, un that would seem to make them unhappy, they're still finding that, uh, that mental feeling of, of well-being, of, of balance. It, 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 it's congruent with how they see the world. And this gets into a lot of psychology here, and there's not the, the, the time to do as far as why people do things that often seem to make them miserable, which uh -huh. they do. But that's actually their form of mental feeling of well-being. Oh, interesting. So I, I've had to go back on the um, Go-Giver Influencer book a couple times to, to listen to, the, there's a, a certain section, you guys, if you haven't uh, listened to the books or read the books, listening is really fun because it's just, it's like storytelling. It's totally different than any kind of book that you've experienced because it does tell an entertaining story. But starting off with the five secrets of genuine influence, I know that the first one here is master your emotions. And this is the one I keep going back to because I'm like, Wait, how, how does one do that? So can you go through those those five sort of pillars yeah. or, or, or secrets of, of genuine influence? Well, mastering your emotions is the, is the most difficult for anyone yeah. because as human <laughs> beings, we're emotionally uh, driven, right? We'd like to think we're logical and mm -hmm. to a certain extent, of course we are, but we're pretty, we're pretty emotionally driven. We make major decisions based on on uh, emotion and we back up those emotion-based decisions with logic. We rationalize, right? We, which I guess means we tell ourselves rational lies, right? We rationalize uh, all the time. Uh, we also, you know, we'll allow ourselves based on what someone else says or does, right? We'll allow ourselves to feel victimized or, or hurt or helpless or angry, right? And we say or do that thing that is at that 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 brings us the exact opposite of the results we want. Now, uh, understand we're we're certainly not saying that you should deny your emotions. Uh, how can we? We're um, emotional beings. No, you just you just make sure that you're the master of your emotions as opposed to they being the master of you and controlling you. It's like my one of my great friends, Dondi Scumachi. I love how she puts it. She says, "By all means, take your emotions along for the ride." but make sure you are driving the car. Yeah, because right? you lose the influence when you when the emotions go, go out of control, Abs right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and again, you know, emotions are a great part of life. They bring us joy and they also offer us wisdom in our decision sure. making, but they should not be the decision maker. The chances of the correct decision being made is, is left best in the, the hands of, of the logic uh, part. You, of your mind. Okay, you also that, say 
so you also say just step into the other person's shoes and, and that's just something like you know if you get on kind of a train where you're never doing that it can be a little bit destructive yeah and you know stepping into the other person's shoes can be difficult when you think about the fact that most of us have different size feet <laughs> so we we literally can't step into the other person's shoes figuratively we can't step into their minds or their hearts why because we're not them and we all as human beings come at the world from our own set of beliefs. Uh, this is a you know combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television, you know, all the things we experience. But what we need to understand is we see the world from our own unique viewpoint and so does the other person. So if we're going to step into their shoes, we can only do so by asking questions and then listening being willing to listen, not not just to speak and get our point of view in, but listening in order to understand where they are coming from. Mm. Yeah, listening. You could, I feel like the theme, the theme instead of influence should have been listening. It's just such a, mm. you know, and, and actually receiving, listening and actually receiving yeah. it in. Um, before exactly. we let you go, I, I'm just like pulling every single nugget out of you, Bob. Like, I don't know, you're gonna have to go take a nap after this. I'm getting all the <laughs> tips and tricks. Um, you see, there's one sentence that's guaranteed to prevent misunderstandings and, and give it to us. <laughs> uh, well, you know, this would be <laughs> this would be basically asking someone, you know, how would you define blank? Okay, so okay. so in other words, someone says, "Hey, we need to get this done as soon as we need to get this project completed as soon as possible." Well, what does that mean? That means different things to different people. Mm. To some people, as soon as possible means right now, get it done before anything else. To other people, it might mean, okay, once this project's done, we'll do that. Another might be, that might mean next week. So what we wanna say to the person, and we wanna do it tactfully, so what we would say is Dave or, or Mary, uh, just for my own clarification, when you say as soon as possible, uh, is there a, a specific date or time that you had in mind? Now the person says, well, yes, it needs to be, you know, Thursday the 8th by closing time, 5 o'clock. We need to have that in. Okay. So you've, you've, because remember, we all come from a different set of beliefs, right? So one person can, you know, one term can be defined 10 different ways by 10 different people. So mm -hmm. that question, that clarifying question, how would you define or what do you mean by said with diplomacy intact absolutely takes that, the chance right out of it. It's, it's a beautiful way of looking at it. Bob, now, now that I've got, given everybody their influence information out, now my curiosity peaks. You've, you've taken a step back from, okay, traveling, you know, all these different dates all across the country, working from home. Does somebody like you who's, a, you have kind of a passion profession, something that, that it's clear that you have a, an interest in, something that you're good at, something that enriches other people, but it still has to be exhausting. Is there, is there any, uh, like, would you ever retire? Do you, are you gonna spend the, the you know, days or months, weeks with the kittens? What's next for you? Yeah, well, you know, fostering the kittens is, is a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, they they bring me a lot of joy. Although seeing them go is just always heartbreaking, Aww. and there's no way to, to get around that one. But uh, <laughs> but no, I love what I do. You know, and I and I'll tell you, I, I love doing my I love speaking at conventions. I love keynoting. I just love doing it from here. Mm -hmm. And so uh, to me, no, it energizes me. I love it. Plus, we have a a. Um, a, um, a Go-Giver Success Alliance uh, online membership community. 
love doing that. So no, as long as there's a computer in front of me and, and I can still connect with people that way, I, I don't think I'll ever retire. I'm having too much fun. That's what we like to hear. How can we, how can we serve you? What, what, what can any of us people in this world do to help you, Bob Berg? What, what are you looking for? You know, Jenny, I just want to see everybody uh, really be kind to others and to find ways to bring value to others, to to treat animals as brothers and sisters instead of objects, mm. and to uh, you know just just do your best to make the world a better place, which I know y'all do, and I appreciate that very much. Listen, we're trying. Bob Berg, thank you. It has been an absolute delight to chat with you. I, I love, listen, I just love seeing you even from here. Hugs from afar, hugs to Jupiter, Florida. Thank you so much Abs for the time. Absolutely, absolutely, virtual hugs your way. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you guys, don't forget, we're, we're linking up, obviously, all, he has a phenomenal podcast. There are the books, there are the audiobooks. Highly recommend, gogiver.com has everything. And then in the show notes, the podcast notes, we will link it all up. But once you go to gogiver.com, you'll be able to get all the goods and be able to experience all that Bob has created for us. And I mean, it really is a gift to be able to share your knowledge. So thank you again so much. Thank you, Jenny. Oh, always enjoy speaking with you. Please, please give my love to the family. Oh, I will. Thanks for doing us the favor. Chat with you soon.